0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, wa, wa al-kareem. Amma baal. Alhamdulillah, tonight is the 10th of November in the year 2023. And alhamdulillah, we're beginning the second week, the eighth night that we're going through the illustrious and exalted life of the Eminent Companion, Sayyidina Abu Hurairah And I've reached the point where I've mentioned that he's now joined the August Ahl-Sufa. And I was mentioning last that Allah, the Almighty and Glorious, He revealed the verse informing the believers that when they give their Sadaqah to the Ashab Suf, they should give from the best or from what they love. And the last thing I mentioned was Abu Talha giving his his orchard, the most precious orchard he had, for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, And we were extracting some lessons from that report. So the last thing was, secret charity extinguishes the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And note, Abu Talha wanted to give it secretly. And similarly, in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, Ruh al-Ma'an, Abu Dharr who once asked, Ya Rasulullah, what sadaqa is best? He said, to give a needy person in private and to assist the helpless person who is making an effort to earn. He thereupon recited i.e. the verse. Ai Surah 2, verse 271. So here the Prophet mentioned two categories are the most exalted form of Sadaqah. One is to give Sadaqah to a person in private who needs Sadaqah. And the other is to help a person who is trying to make a living. You help him in that matter. This is also a very dear Sadaqah to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. That second uh, point you mentioned, that's one of the three from uh, what uh, you know, the long narration about the three of three. Jibril yeah. comes. That's one of the main things he mentioned. Oh, mashallah. Yeah, so, yeah, the hadith of trees. So, Jibreel said, I love trees. Yeah, and that, well, and that is and one of the, Yeah, that's that's. Yeah. To assist the helpless person who is making an effort to earn. SubhanAllah. In addition, with regards to giving to needy relatives, Sayyidina Salman ibn Amr, radiAllah, he relates that our beloved Messenger said, Sadaka given to the poor person is just Sadaka. However, sadaka to those related by the womb is twofold. sadaqa and keeping ties of the womb. This is in Nasa'i, number 2582. Tidmadi, number 658. Ibn Imaj, number 1844. And Shaykh al-Bani stated, Sahih, in his Irwa ul-Ghalil, number 883. So note, when Abu Talha asked, I should give my most beloved orchid, Rasulullah said, "Give it to your family. Why? Because he wanted him to get the maximum returns." The Prophet explained here, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that if you give Sadaka to the needy relatives, the reward is twofold: you're keeping ties, and you get sadaqah as well. So again, this is another thing that we should reflect upon. People send give Sadaka all over the world, and they forget their family. And of course, if they need needy family, they've got more rights to it than anybody else. Those, like I mentioned. Our beloved Messenger sallallahu alaihi instructed Sayyidina Abu Talha الله, to give his orchard to his needy relatives who were Hassan ibn Thabit and Obey ibn Iqab radiya Allah amongst others. On the same theme, our beloved mother Sayyidina Aisha radiya Allah she said, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi was once gifted a dabb i.e. a large type of lizard as a gift but he did not eat it sallallahu Thus I said, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Should I not feed it to the poor? Upon this he replied sallallahu Do not feed them what you yourself would not eat This is in Ahmad his Musnad number 24,215 And fifteen, and Sheikh al Badi, al stated Hassan In as Sahihah number 2,426 So the dub is a lizard that's Actually upright slightly And this is something that you can eat, it's permissible to eat. Uh, Some of the companions ate, some of the companions refused because the Prophet didn't eat from it. So Aisha, she asked obviously the obvious question. Shall I give it to the poor? In other words, it's going to go to waste otherwise. The Prophet said, do not feed them what you yourself would not eat. Going back to the same thing I mentioned yesterday. When you're giving, give what you want to give. When you you know It's a sacrifice on your part. He goes, I, I, I didn't want to eat this and you want to give it. Because where's the sacrifice in that? Mm-hmm. So note again, here the Prophet's highlighting this quality that should be in the believer's life. Dus mundil al Rahmatullah, he said, ar-rabi ibn he once fed an injured person who had an injury to his head some habisa. I, one of the most exquisite delicacies. Thus it was said to him, how would he have known what he is eating? To which, Ar-Rabi replied, rahmatullahi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. Subhanallah. This is recorded by Hafiz Zahabi, rahmatullahi, in his Seer 7-290. So think about this. A man's got a head injury, meaning he's probably not all there. He hasn't got his bearings. And this uh, I think he's from the Tabi'in, Ar Rabi ibn Khutaym, rahmatullahi, he gave him a, you know, like a delicacy. Khabisa is like a very special dish. So somebody thought he doesn't even know what he's eating. Mm-hmm. In other words, okay, you wanted to give something, fine, but why have you given something that you won't even get any thanks for? Mm-hmm. Such an exquisite dish. And what did he say? Allah mm-hmm. knows. In other words, I'm not doing it for getting thanks from the person. I'm doing it for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, this person's got a head injury. But that shows that was a test for me. Because if I give something inferior, that means I'm polluting my sadaqah, my, my my giving to others. So he wasn't bothered. So lot again, people sometimes innocently, he wasn't obviously trying to trip him up. But people innocently make these statements. Why did you give that? But you respond by saying, I'm doing it for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This honorable trait can best be clarified by Rasulullah himself. What did he say? Any man who craves a desire and then suppresses it, preferring to give it to other than himself, shall be forgiven his sins. Subhanallah. Hmm. Any man who craves a desire and then suppresses it, preferring to give it to other than himself, shall be forgiven his sins. This is in Behaki, in his Sunan, 4-185, Ibn Hiban in his Al-Majruhin, 2-76, Ibn Adi, in his Al-Qamil, 5-126, Ibn al Shajari in his Al-Amali, 1-283, and others. So look how simple this Sunan can be. For example, you're thirsty, and you notice that, there's a, you know, you want this, you've got a drink in the fridge, let's say, but then you also know that somebody else is thirsty, so you sacrifice your own thirst for somebody else, one of your family members. You give that drink, your sins are forgiven. And one of the, you know, sadness. Even in Ramadan, we don't even do that. Think about that. We wait until we're stuffed, then we go, "Look, it's all yours, lads." Right? Why did you? And look how foolish that was. If you had any sense, you would have thought before you even ate the first morsel. I'm not going to eat half of this. So even before you take your first morsel, you're deciding it. So then you give it, give the half. Now you get your sins forgiven, right? So again, people, again, they, you know, they haven't got understanding. You know, you're going you're gonna, to imagine you're not going to eat half the food. You know that, and yet you still wait until you eat and then you give, give it before the sacrifice is there. And your sins are forgiven. Not you're benefiting yourself. You're not benefiting anybody else. So going back, why have I mentioned all these reports? Because that goes back to what the Sahaba were not doing. The Sahaba were giving shriveled dates. Mm-hmm. So Allah revealed a verse in Surah Baqarah saying, Why do you give something you wouldn't even accept with closed eyes? Mm-hmm. So obviously you should get into a, a habit of doing this. And it's very easy to get your sins to give. Look at, you know, if you just apply that one Sunnah, how many times is that mm-hmm. You know, you feel like having a snake. Mm-hmm. And you know the brother brothers just as hungry give it him <laughs> since forgiven for what 30 pence <laughs> right you know how cheap is that <laughs> right you go you know you go for the meal brother hey you know you eat it and he goes why don't you know i want you to eat it since we're given did abdullah ibn Umar? when abdullah ibn Umar was once ill, and uh he wanted something. I think it was some fish. So they went out of the way to get some fish for him. They cooked it and they brought the fish. A beggar came. And he told his family, give him the fish. So they went, all that effort we made, is give him the fish. Mm. So they goes, you know, dear father, dear uncle, he goes, you know, all that effort, we'll give him something else. Mm. He goes, I desire the fish. Give him the fish. Mm. Saba <laughs> understand hear the words you give something else I don't desire that I want the fish that's why I'm telling you to give the fish mm. and that was when a when he was ill imagine ill imagine a hospital giving it away yeah you have it you have it but do you want it yeah I do want it I'm giving it to you mm. and that is not in the wavelength of an unbeliever mm. because when they do things they're doing it for a reason mm. some, you say matlab. Mm. we're not doing it for that our matlab is akhirat mm. Now think about that, why did you do that? You were thirsty, you don't doubt because our Prophet said when we want something we give it, we get our sins forgiven Straight away you've acted upon the command, then you've given the hadith, and they'll appreciate that because this is a Muslim, look at that, we didn't didn't even know that Mm -hmm. Subhanallah So note again all this and the only thing I should have mentioned about that uh, report is that when you invest note that they were giving to Ashab As-Suf the Ashab As-Sufa students of the sacred deen. So one of the most excellent Sadaqah you can give are to Talib al to the students of sacred knowledge. We also learned this. In fact, it's a very interesting report. The Hadith is in Tirmadi is Sahih Hadith. There was two brothers. One was with Rasulullah, I think he was Ashab as Suf, I'm not certain. But he was always with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the other brother, you know, he earned a living. And when he had time, he'd go to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So this was going on. And eventually the brother who was working, he got irritated by his brother. He goes, why doesn't he earn a living? So he goes to the Prophet ﷺ, he goes, Ya Rasulullah he goes, MashaAllah, my brother is with you, but basically I'm doing all the hard work. I'm earning the keep. So the Prophet ﷺ said, maybe, maybe because of your brother, you are earning your keep. In other words, what he said to that companion was, if anybody should complain, it should be the other brother. <laughs> so, what was the Prophet now teaching us? <laughs> that the one who's learning the deen, he actually becomes a source of income mm-hmm. for others. Mm-hmm. We don't know how that works. Mm-hmm. You know, a person who's studying the sacred deen, he becomes a source of income for others. Mm-hmm. So, again, note all of this is part of looking at these reports, especially with regards to the Ashab of and we beg our loving Lord subhanahu wa by His grace to imbibe into us all such noble and lofty characteristics. I mean. And also there's a report, I can't remember exactly the, I think it's in Darukutni. But the report mentions that if you want Allah the Almighty special generosity, then you should uh, give your wealth to the students of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Allah Taala opens up a special door of generosity for you. This is the rough meaning of the Hadith. So not again, these are intelligent things to do uh, in terms of investment. So again, returning to Sayyidina Abu Huraira he's become part of the Ashab As-Suf. The next section entitled His Suffering of Extreme Hunger in the Path of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So what what do I mean the Path of Allah? Path of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala doesn't just mean Jihad. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said in the hadith in Tirmidhi. Imam Tirmidhi graded it Hasan, al Salihin, that whoever goes out in search of knowledge, he is in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's one category. So when I'm saying the path of Allah, I'm talking about his learning, he's now in the path of Allah, but he's suffering. It is very important, first of all, to point out that Sayyidina Abu radiyallahu. had a place to stay at Zul Hula where his mother resided. So he actually had a place. One for his mother, his dwelling, and he had a place next to his mother. He was therefore not destitute. For as mentioned, he also received a share from the spoils of Khebr when he first met our beloved messenger. Granted, he may have took that, gave it to his mother. So he's not destitute. This is very important to highlight. And as mentioned in the Sahih, he had a servant who would serve him. Granted he escaped, but he was offered bike by, by Rasulullah. So why are these stats important? Because Abu Huraira's poverty Allah was of choice. Mm. For he preferred to be in the company of Rasulullah in the pursuit of sacred knowledge. Thus he stayed with the Ashabul Suf. So who was he emulating when he preferred the poverty of choice? Mm. Rasulullah. Rasulullah sallallahu wa sallam, He was not he poor like the 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 poverty of the slums. His was a poverty of choice. He once told Aisha I could have had the mountains of Makkah turned to gold for me, but I refused. So Abu Hurairah, look at his love for the Prophet sallallahu wa He could have lived a comfortable life, but he wanted to be like the Prophet sallallahu wa It is also important to highlight. That the Ahlul Sufa did not refuse to work. Because mm. some people they start saying, uh, "Brother, why aren't you working? Oh, I'm, I'm following the sunnah of Ashab al Sufa." You hear it? I've heard it. Mm. And then you go, Which sunnah is that then? Mm. You go, They didn't work. <laughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbid laziness can never be ascribed to them or their poverty. Mm. So, how do we know that? Hafiz Zamaqshari, he said, They would crush the pits of fruits during the day, which was prepared as food for the livestock. Though since they did not own any livestock of their own, we can safely conclude that they worked in order to earn a living, albeit a very humble one. This is mentioned by Sheikh al Shurab in his Al Madina al Al-Nabawiyyah Fajrul Islam 1 222. So they actually did work, but when you say work, you think of 9 to 5. So what were they doing? So they'd get date stones, obviously, they'd eat the dates, they'd crush the date stone, and then they would give that to the livestock. And they like make you know a very humble living out of that, a very meager living. So why is that mentioned? Because they weren't, you know, they weren't hanging on, begging balls were, wasn't coming out. Mm-hmm. Thus I shown the majestic ahl Sufa lived extremely austere and simple lives. <laughs> but it was a lifestyle of choice. Mm-hmm. So obviously amongst them, they couldn't be destitute. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> but it's important to highlight that. Why? Because a lot of people, when they talk about the ashab al Suf, they give you the impression that they, they were destitute. Mm. And then you go, right, name, name one who was destitute. First on the list, they'll come out with Abu Hurairah. Because he was starving. Many hadiths. And then he goes, that's true. But what's that going to do with destitution? Then the guy starts scratching his head. He goes, you're starving. He goes, maybe he was like the Prophet. And suddenly he goes, oh. And he goes, oh, he's woke up. So now let's look. Sayyidina Talha. Asha'ala Mubashara. He said, radiya Abu Huraira radiyallahu was miskeen. With neither family nor money. He would go around with Rasulullah wherever he went. Sallallahu Alaihi This is in Bukhari in his tariq. Fattal Bari. So now, doesn't that contradict everything I've said? So one of the 10 promised paradise I said, Abu Huraira was miskeen. He had neither family nor money. He would go around the Prophet wherever he went, like a shadow. Sallallahu Alaihi So, you got to look at the whole report. He goes, he had near the family, but didn't he have a mother? So what Talha was saying was, he wasn't, you know, settled. He wasn't married at the time, you know, so he just generalising. Near the family, no money, meaning, he wasn't going for that, now. Yeah. Maybe he had some, but he wasn't really interested. He would go around the surah wherever he went. Meaning, that's all he was interested in. That allowed Another point: wealth is not an evil. <laughs> there's another thing people say. He goes, "Brother, you gotta be very careful because of what?" He says, "Pesa." <laughs> then he goes, "What pay And he goes, "No, but no, there's evil in it." So, what's the response? No other than Abu Hurairah, he relates that our beloved Messenger said, sallam, The best sadaqah is the one which keeps richness intact. The upper hand giving is better than the lower hand begging, and begin with those for whom you are responsible. Abu Hurairah added, The woman says, Either you provide me sustenance or divorce me. The sun may say, To whom do you entrust me? The slave may say, spend on me and ask me to serve you. Someone thereupon asked, O Abu Huraira, is this from the Prophet? He responded, No, this is from my purse. So let's look at it. So this is recorded in Sayyid Bukhari, number 1426, Sayyid Muslim, number 1034, Nasai, number 2542, Abu Dawood, number 1676. Ahmadinej is Muslim 2-402. So there's two parts to the hadith. Abu Hurairah is narrating. He narrates from Rasulullah. What did he narrate from Rasulullah Because the best sadaqah is the one which keeps richness intact. Meaning, you know where you are investing. And you are doing it purely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The upper hand is better than the lower hand. Giving is better than begging so if wealth wasn't evil how can you be the upahant mm. then he said begin with those whom you are responsible meaning that's charity starts at home Abu Huraira now this is his part of the hadith this is why the narrator asked he didn't mention that mm. Abu Huraira just continued this is his words now the woman says provide me sustenance or divorce me mm. so you got that problem mm. that's her right. She doesn't need to work. Mm. And if you can't fulfill her needs, get a second job, let's call it. Say. Mm. So he goes, the woman, he goes, so what does that mean? You need to work. You need to earn a living. Mm. The son may say, to whom do you entrust me? Meaning, father, are you going to spend on me? Mm. The servant says, spend on me and then ask me to serve you. Meaning, pay me, then I'll work for you. When he said these three things, the narrator said, Oh Abu Hurairah, is this from the Prophet? His last meal. He said, No, this is from my purse. That's the word. But what did he mean by that? <laughs> Half Ibn al Ateer, Rahmatullah, clarified in An Nihaya 4 218, meaning, whatever he had of knowledge الله, was drawn from his heart, just as wealth is taken out of a purse. Mm-hmm. This was the elegance of Abu Hadir. So somebody goes, how do you take money out of a a wallet? They describe it. You open it, you put your hand in it, you take the money out. He goes, that's what he meant. But his purse, what he was referring to was his heart. Now there's a deeper meaning here. What he was saying was, you can memorize hadith, but you may not understand it. So he memorized the statement of Rasulullah, but then he said, this is from my purse. Meaning I've, imbibed i've understood what the prophet said now i'm taking the meaning out of my heart so look how beautiful when the man asked is that from the prophet and look how interesting you know how did he detect that that shows the prophet's wordings have a special you know order along and abu huraira goes this is from my purse meaning i've given you the understanding so question if wealth was an evil then why would you narrate this so, Lord, no wealth isn't evil. What is true about wealth is a fitnah. The Prophet said, "What I fear for you the most after me is fitna, uh, is wealth." Now, what is the difference? The difference is wealth is an is a something you can use for great good, but at the same time, it can destroy you. But in it, in and of itself, it's not evil. The Christians' belief is, in and of itself, it is evil. That's not our belief. And where's the proof? And the proof obviously is that to be brutally honest, is wealth good for many Muslims? And the response is, they get messed up. They don't know, you know, like, you, like they say that if you live a simple life and you give person wealth, he doesn't know how to spend the money. Then he starts doing crazy things with it. And this is why the Prophet said in Sa'ish Bukhari and Muslim, the little and sufficient is better than the abundant and the alluring. So he actually explained the fitna. He when you have a little and sufficient, you haven't got anything to do, you know, musty with, like we say, you know, uh, you know, waste and silly things. But if you've got the abundant, the Prophet goes, it tempts you. I need to invest it in what? Invest it in the akhirat. No, no, in the akhirat. In stocks and shares. Oh, mashallah. Thus, later on in his blessed life, Sayyidina Abu Huraira anh, was blessed with wealth. And I'll mention that at the relevant place. So, there's very important to highlight. When he was with Rasulullah, poverty of choice. And I'm going to mention how much he suffered to be with the Prophet. And he was emulating his master. That's what a marid does. If you're truly a marid of a sheikh, you're going to emulate him. And he's the marid of the best sheikh, the Prophet. But later on, he was blessed with wealth. Mm. So, what's beautiful about his life is you got both ends of the spectrum. If a person wants to live a simple life, you can look at Abu Hurairah, and if you want to live, a, a, you know, a comfortable life, you look at the same sahaba. Then the guy starts scratching his head, "What are you talking about?" Later on, he was blessed with wealth, with Allah. So, all I mentioned today was basically wrapped up on some of the lessons we take from giving, i.e. some of the things that we need to be careful of. Give what you desire to give, and then you will be rewarded. And one of the rewarding rewards for that is your, your sins will be forgiven. Just a good habit to get into. And then I mentioned, of course, uh, now Abu Hurairah's poverty of choice, emulating the Prophet But well, he didn't impose that on his mother. This is also important. <laughs> Don't start thinking that his mother was now suffering as well. You know, his mother wasn't even a Muslim in the early period. So Obviously, he was doing it to himself, and of course, he was also serving his mother. <laughs> Zul Khalifa is a few miles from Al Madina, so even though he was Ashab al Suf, he would attend to his mother as well <laughs> if she wasn't all, near with him at the time. Are there any questions? Let us. بالله بالصديق الحمد لله في الابد قلت الله والاصل ان صار له في خصم عمل